Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. They have corrupted themselves. They are not his children because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. Ouch. Do you thus deal with the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who bought you? Has he not made you and established you? These are rhetorical questions, and the answer to these, yes. He has made them, and yes, he has established them. Remember the days of old, verse 7. Consider the years of many generations. And here it is. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, ask them, and they will tell you. How amazing is your love? How can I keep it from shouting your name? Today, on Truth in Christ, God reminds the children of Israel of their disobedience and rebellion. Today, Pastor Rob reviews God's prophetic message to the children of Israel, and through Moses, he reveals the song of Moses that is written in the law for them to review every seven years. It reminds them of their stubborn ways and unfaithfulness to their God. As followers of Jesus Christ, we too must remember that it was because of his sacrifice and only belief in his sacrifice that we are able to call ourselves children of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's join Pastor Rob in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32 with our study for today. All of a sudden there's this immediate void. And then you got this infighting because it's a, it's, a, it's a critical moment in the church and then all the elders are fighting who's going to be the best. Who's going to take that mantle, that, that place? And these things happen in real life, but thank God that wasn't our case. So there are success stories, but it's not always that way. And so this is what's happening with Moses and Joshua. And it says in verse 15, Now the Lord appeared at the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood uh, above the door of the tabernacle, the Shekinah glory. Now when we get into verse 16 through 29, verses 29 uh, this verse 16 through 29, we're going to see this is a very prophetic passage, because, and, and you'll see why as we read it. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers. You're going to rest with your fathers, Moses. And this people, notice, God knowing, he's omniscient, he knows what's coming. They will rise, and they will play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land, where they go to be among them, and they will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. And then my anger, verse 17, will be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Has not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done, and that they have turned to other gods. What a horrible thing. God, knowing the end from the beginning, he's looking down through history, 
He knows what's coming. They don't know what's coming. And I almost wonder if that's why he made them so accountable all through this. I mean, there's a lot of repetition here. As we've, as we've gone through Deuteronomy, a lot of repetition. And it's there not because God wants to fill up pages. It's there because they need to hear it, they need to hear it, they need to hear it. And it makes them doubly and triply and quadruply and quintuply you know, accountable for what they are going to do. You know, the, the book of Judges chronicles a lot of this. As we get into Joshua, we're going to see the beginnings of it. And then the book of Judges is really just Israel on a roller coaster ride of idolatry and repenting. And then God, you know, bringing enemies against them. And then them being overwhelmed and crying out to God. And then God raising up a deliverer, a judge. And the judge delivers them. And there's peace for a while. For about ten minutes. And then they open the pillow above their head and they pull out that little teraphim and they're looking at that little idol and going, you know, you really are so beautiful, my precious. They start worshiping other idols, other gods, and then God has to do the same thing over and over and over again. And, and the book of Judges, call it the roller coaster book because that's what it is. It's a roller coaster. God sees all this in advance. And he also sees in the time of the kings and all the different kings, all the kings of Judah, all the kings of Israel, and every single one of the ones in Israel were evil. Every single one of them. There were only a handful out of Judah that were good. The rest of them were evil as well. God knowing what they were going to do and how he would have to discipline them by bringing them, the northern ten tribes, into the captivity of the Assyrians in 722 B.C. And then for the southern two tribes to be taken away in captivity in 606 B.C. And finally their temple destroyed 20 years later after the siege of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians in 586 B.C. But verse 19 says, Now therefore, write down this song. Write this song down for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. Well, that sounds like a really good song. A song that's going to be a witness of God against his children. He says, When I have brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten, notice, and filled themselves, and grown fat. And that doesn't necessarily mean fat physically, although it could be. But what he's talking about is they become so full, they become content. They become absorbed in the flesh. And now they're, they're, they're no longer really seeking the Lord anymore because they're, they're idle. They've got a lot of time on their hands. They've got everything provided for them. Everything becomes easy. It sounds like America. He says, I brought them to a land. They've filled themselves, and they've grown fat. Then they will turn to other gods and serve them. Notice, this is prophetic. God speaking. They're going to turn, and they're going to serve those other gods, and they will provoke me and break my covenant. And the covenant that God is speaking of is his Sinaitic covenant, which is, it not only includes the Ten Commandments, but also the other laws and statutes throughout the law, the five books of Moses. But notice in verse 21, Then it shall be, when many evils and troubles have come upon them, that this song will testify against them as a witness, for it will not be forgotten in the mouths of their descendants. For I know, notice, the inclination of their behavior, because he knows the hearts. Even before I have brought them into the land which I swore to give them. And I love the fact that's, that's God being omniscient. God's omniscience. One of my favorite psalms in all the Bible is Psalm 139. I would encourage you, as you read over this maybe tonight or tomorrow, 
right here in verse 23, I'm sorry, in uh, verse 21, read, read Psalm 139 in its entirety and then come back into this. And it will encourage you, I promise. Therefore, verse 22, Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. And then he inaugurated Joshua, the son of Nun, and said again to Joshua, Be strong and of a good courage. It sounds like we've heard that before. Again, there's no wasting of words here. He wouldn't say it if Joshua wasn't afraid. And if he wasn't, he didn't have a whole lot of courage. I like that you don't have to to be fake with God. If you're afraid, it's okay to be afraid. It's a very natural thing. It's just what we do with that fear that matters. If we, if we shrink back because of fear, that's not a good thing. But when we're in fear, what is the best thing to do? Is to fall on your knees and cry out to God and watch him do amazing things. I've seen it in my own life, and so have you. And it's wonderful to rely upon God. We need to rely on him more today than ever before, folks. Be people of prayer. Don't allow yourself to get lazy. I've allowed myself to be lazy. We cannot afford to be lazy any longer. We cannot afford to be complacent any longer. We must dig in. Now is the time. If there's ever been a time in history where we really need to begin praying, we need to do it now. We need to do it yesterday. And we need to do it fervently with purpose. And we need to rely upon God and cry out to him and be desperate once again. We're no longer desperate. What's a sad place to be in. We must be desperate. Even when things are going good, the reality is we should be desperate. We need him. We need him more than ever. He says to Joshua, Be strong and of a good courage. You shall bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore to them, and I will be with you. I love that. I will be with you. Nobody else may be with you, Joshua, because you know leadership is often a lonely road, and it's comforting to know that God was going to be with Joshua through all of it. What is the name of God, one of his names? God is Emmanuel. He's God with us. And being a leader means you're going to be a misunderstood. Moses was misunderstood. His motives were misunderstood. His motives were questioned by his own family, by Aaron and, 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 and um, his sister. Because of envy, they will be spoken against. And some will be jealous and seek to undermine or secretly bring false accusations against you. This is what it means to be a leader. (laughs) It happens, doesn't it? And so it was, verse 24, when Moses had completed writing the words of the book of this law, when they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it beside, not inside, but put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. This song, it's a song, a very lengthy song. I'm wondering where the chorus is, where the bridge is, where the verses are, because it's one long song and it reads like a ballad, and it's, uh, it's not easy. For I know, verse 27, your rebellion and your stiff neck, if today, while I'm yet alive with you, if you've been this rebellious against the Lord, and then how much more will you be after my death? They were beginning to lose their fear of God, and their worship was beginning to ebb. They started off, and you know, it's almost like God was, you know, they were just kind of appeasing God. There was really not a whole lot of real passion 
in, in the worship. And it's, it's, it's almost like God was just, you know, uh, they were just kind of going through the motions. In Colossians, Paul said this to bondservants. He says, obey them, obey, bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. That's what eye service is. You're just kind of going through the motions. Because the boss is coming or because the boss is present with me in the office, I've got to do, I've got to act a certain way. But what happens when the boss leaves? Well, I just go back to my old rotten self. I go back to my cheating ways. I go back to lifting pencils and paper clips. I go, I go back to doing whatever else that I'm stealing from the company. I go back to being lazy, and instead of doing my job, I'm surfing the Internet. I'm going to L.L. Bean and buying clothes. Jesus spoke when he was speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, these people, they draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but what? Their heart is far from me. And in vain, notice, in emptiness, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And that's really kind of the heart of the people at this time. They're, they're, they're after, the only reason they were on their good, best behavior is because Moses was there. And then now Joshua's going to be there, and everyone's kind of on their best behavior. And you can almost, just, you can almost see the cat just you know, waiting for the master to leave. Or the dog waiting for the master to leave, just wagging its tail. Love you, man. Can't wait to see you around 4 o'clock and you come home from work. See ya, see ya, see ya. And as soon as he leaves, man, the dog goes right for the pantry, jumps up on the counter where those chocolate chip cookies were made the night before, and he eats them till he gets sick to his stomach, and then he throws up all over the place. Isn't that nice? Isn't that like sin? <laughs> and you guys have dinner before you came? <laughs> I got some really cool stories to tell, but I won't. So, uh, verse 28, he says, Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, what, that I may speak these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord and to provoke him to anger through the works of your hands. And so finally we get into chapter 32, and this is the song that was going to be a witness of God against the children of Israel, a witness for them, uh, certainly against them. But they were going to read this often, and they were going to read this probably every seven years when the, during the time of release at the Feast of Tabernacles. It says in verse 30, it's kind of funny because the, 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 the chapter really begins in verse 30, doesn't it? But that's okay. Remember, the word of God is anointed. The word of God is perfect. The word of God is pure. And the trans- sometimes the translation, the translation is fantastic. However, the chapter divisions aren't necessarily inspired. And this is one of those cases. But it's okay. They're there for a reason to help us. It says, Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel, the words of this song until they were ended. And so verse 1 through 43 is the song. Let's read it. He says, Give ear, O, o heaven, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. So heaven and earth are now going to be witnessing against the children of Israel. They're going to, he taught this song to them. Let my teaching drop as the rain, and my speech distill as the dew as raindrops on the tender herb, and as showers on the grass. And as we look at verses 3 and 4, we're going to see Moses just worshiping, worshiping. Notice the worship. For I proclaim the name of the Lord. I ascribe greatness to our God. That is worship. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. I love that. And then he gets into 
the problems. What are the problems? It begins in verse 5. They have corrupted themselves. They are not his children. Again, this is a song. I wonder what the melody was like. I wonder if it was just a typical 1-4-5 progression. For those of you who aren't musicians, your ear knows the 1-4-5 progression. You just don't know that that's what it is. You've heard it. It's baked into your into your heart and your mind whenever you listen to a song. You're waiting for that, that tonic chord, that four chord, that five chord, which always brings you back to the one chord again. I wonder what this song would have sounded like. They have corrupted themselves. They are not his children because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. Ouch. Do you thus deal with the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who bought you? Has he not made you and established you? These are rhetorical questions, and the answer to these, yes. He has made them, and yes, he has established them. Remember the days of old, verse 7. Consider the years of many generations. And here it is. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, ask them, and they will tell you. They will tell you. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're just going to take a short little hiatus. This is a chapter you all you know very well, because in the middle of it is the Shema, which everybody, every Jewish person usually has on their, um, in their, um, what's that thing called? No, not the yarmulke. No, it's that thing over there. I, I forget what it is. Mesuzah, that's it, yes. Sorry about that. Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 6. We're just going to look at the first nine verses. It says, now this is the commandment. Notice, the, the, the verse that we are looking at here is, ask your father and he will show you, your elders and they will tell you. And this is important because Israel was going to fall into this problem. They weren't going to be telling their kids, and their kids weren't going to be telling their kids, and we're going to look at that a little bit later. But notice in verse 1, now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you. Why? That you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. Why? That you may fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, for you and your son and your grandson, and all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here it is, the Shema. Hear, O Israel. Shema, that's what the word means in Hebrew. Hear, hear with the intent of doing something about it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Notice verse 7, significant. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Isn't that what we just read in the verse before? You shall teach them diligently. When you ask the elders, when you ask your fathers... They're supposed to be telling them, you shall teach them diligently. Were they doing it faithfully? No, they failed at this, as we would if we were in the same situation. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Actually, we should stand for reading the whole Word of God anyway, right? But yeah, and then in Deuteronomy chapter 11, don't go here, but let me just read for you to you. He, he reiterates this whole thing. And then in verse 21, he adds something a little bit different. He says, that your days, 
Do this, that your days of you and your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of, of the heavens above the earth. That was God's design. So let's look at verse 8 here in chapter 32. So the song continues. So when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Aren't you glad? Even for the children of Israel, the Lord's portion is his people. That's, he loves that, and I, and I love that too. And, and, the, and to think that we are his portion too. But Jacob is the place of his inheritance. And he found them in a desert land. Remember, they were in in Egypt for 430 years. That's where God found them. He found them in a desert land and in a wasteland, a howling wilderness. And he encircled them and he instructed him. And he kept him as the apple of his eye. And as an eagle soars and stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up and carrying them on its wings, so the Lord alone led him. And there was no foreign God with him. He made him ride in the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock, curds from the cattle and milk of the flock with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the choicest wheat. And you drank wine, the blood of the grapes. And this is speaking of when they would finally get into the land and how God would just provide in abundance all of these things. He told him he would do that, and he, he was faithful on his end of the deal. But notice the tragedy, but Jeshurun, which is a, a phrase, a word that really means Israel. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, you grew thick, and you are obese. And then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. There's a horrible thing that happens when we are fat and doing well. When all the food is on the table and all of the, the bank and our banks are loaded and we're, we got security and we got a nice house and we got a nice car and everything is going really well. Why is it? What, what, is, what is the problem with us? Those are the times that we often will forget God. We get complacent. We get lazy because we got idle time on our hands. And instead of using that time and using that time of, of wonder and, and grace and worshiping him, we do just the opposite. And nothing has changed. We, we still are kind of that way. It, it's, it's, it's bound up in the heart of man. It's in the old nature. It takes a new nature to, be, to worship God when things are going really well. To me, that's what's really exciting is when you see someone going, and everything is going well for them, and they have the, the, the grace, they have the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the mind of them to, to worship the Lord in the good times, learn to worship him in the good times. When you, when you cry to him in the bad times, he's not going to turn an eye to you. But you know what? Give him honor and glory in every season of your life, no matter if it's good or from your perspective, if you think it's ill. Learn to worship him in the good and in the bad. But notice in verse 16, they provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. Notice verse 17, they sacrificed to demons and not to God. All of these idols, in fact, any idol today, any idol of any religion, any, any person who is the head of any religion that, that people look up to, that is an idol. And behind that idol is a demon. You're not worshiping God. When, when you're worshiping Allah, you're not worshiping God like you think you are, people. I mean, not you, but Muslims who are worshiping Allah, they are worshiping a demon. He is a false god. He's one of 
a handful of idols that Muhammad used, he pulled them out of a, he pulled Allah, the moon god. He had to have one religion to unite all of that all those people around together and he chose one out of a whole bunch of them in Mecca and Medina. He chose one idol. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.